Cameron Esposito. I'm so sorry, grief counselors will be available outside after the show. Uh, is there anybody here whose heart just dropped when they realized you're shaking your head already? You hate that it's not Rhea. Um, truly, I'm so sorry, you guys. Um, but I have her phone number. Would you like me to text her something? What do you want me to text her? You can't just scream something out and then not expect me to follow up on it. What do you want me to say? We just say we miss her. Oh. <laughs> okay. That was not it. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. I, I will definitely let her know that you prefer me to her. Um, <laughs> She will love to hear that from you. No, I'm very excited to be here, you guys. Um, before I start in with the hardcore jokes, so, like, I just want to get some of the housekeeping out of the way really quickly. Um, has anyone in here ever been with a man that has ejaculated with such force and volume <laughs> that you felt like you were being peed on? <laughs> the lights in my eyes... Okay, there's a woo over here. Are you saying, is that a, a, an affirmation? That's a yes from you. Okay, well, newsflash for you and me, we were both peed on uh, <laughs> recently because that is a medical impossibility that I found out too late. Um, I was, this is 100% true, with a man that told me that's just how he came. Um, and it wasn't until I asked my doctor about it that I found out I was had. Um, <laughs> Very disappointing. And, and let me tell you, I don't know if you've ever seen the respect your doctor has for you just drain out of his eyes <laughs> as you ask him a question, but it's no fun. Um, it's truly disheartening. Um, you guys, uh, your body language would suggest that you're in love. Uh, that's not an answer. <laughs> maybe I didn't, I didn't do the up. Uh, maybe it wasn't enough of a question. Are you in love? Yes. yes. Okay. How? <laughs> also, why? But mostly how? Can you tell me how? We fell in love at a comedy show. Okay, I can do that. Uh, <laughs> that seems doable. I'm here right now. <laughs> It could happen at any time. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, pirouettes are really great for podcast recordings, you guys. Uh, they really read. How long have you guys been together? Uh, we've known each other a bit over a year. So okay. Been dating like so, oh, okay. So it was the comedy show that did it. <laughs> Whose show made you so horny <laughs> that you were like, we've known each other, but now... Harmontown? Oh, yeah. When I see Dan Harmon, I'm always like, get a raging heart on for who is ever in the vicinity. <laughs> oh, God. If you're listening to this, I love you, Dan Harmon. <laughs> it was more Jeff Davis that set the mood. 
Okay, okay, another white person. Um, I see. It's okay, we all have fetishes, it's fine. Um, you like straight white men, who doesn't? Join the club. Um, no, that's exciting. And you've been dating ever since the comedy show, and this is now your thing where you just go and flaunt your love in front of comedians. Um, that's cool, that's cool. <laughs> You know, whatever keeps the light alive, like burning bright uh, in your relationship. I am genuinely curious about relationships these days, though, um, because I did um, recently get broken up with. Um, yeah, no, for the very first time, it was tough. Here's a pro tip from me to you guys. If you ever move to New York City, never break up with someone in Central Park because you have just ruined six miles of wilderness for that person. Um, I'd love to go and do a paddle boat, but I can't, you know? Uh, <laughs> It's too fraught. I won't do it. I just, I'm mad at him because I wish he would have broken up with me in a place that, like, already upsets me. You know, like, the Holocaust Museum or an American apparel outlet store. You know, like, there's just, I feel like there were more options for him. It's rough. Within two days of the breakup, I, um, I, I cut off all my hair, started crying in public and doing yoga. And I was like... Oh my god, I'm turning into a white woman. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> this is insane. Um, the yoga has been pretty helpful. Do, do I have any yogis in the audience? Okay, you're very calm. I like that. Uh, about you guys. No, the yoga has been great. You guys, some of you might not know this, but the, at the beginning of yoga class, they ask you to set your intention. And I always set my intention for revenge. Uh, <laughs> And I found it very therapeutic. I actually did... I love being in L.A. Because uh, your yoga is superior here. Um, I got here today, and my yoga's teacher's name was Kurthy, though, and I was furious. Um, you just can't do that. I'm exhausted already, and the class hasn't even begun. Um, what's happening? Um, you guys might have noticed I, I do have a tiny little wrist tattoo, so I am an artist. Um, <laughs> I will admit that about myself. Um, I think our generation has gotten super weird about our tattoos, though. Like, millennials now are, like, have come full circle and are very ashamed, like, immediately apologizing for tattoos. Like, everyone I meet is like, oh, this? It's just my dead mom's face. I hate it. Oh, God, I regret it every day. I wish I'd never done it. Um... It's like, no, just like own your tattoos. Don't be an asshole about it. Like I had lunch the other day and my server had a giant neck tattoo that just said Julia in cursive on it. And I was like, why? <laughs> um, so I asked him, I was like, oh, who's Julia? And he looked at me and he was like, mm, Julia is my ex-girlfriend, but thanks for asking. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, no, 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 no. This is not my fault. <laughs> no, this is your fault. Not mine. Yours. Not me. <laughs> you see, when you broke up with Julia, you broke up with V-Nex, okay? So just throw on a scarf and get me another rosé, Terrence, all right? I do not have time for your sass. Uh, I just don't. Um... Do I have any straight men in the audience tonight? Okay, wow. So aggressive already. <laughs> what is going on? What are you so angry about? <laughs> I just asked a simple question. It's Trump's America in here. 
Oh, no, I do find that straight men just need to calm down a little bit sometimes. Um, less chill going on there. They're always thinking that we're out to snatch them. Um, I did a show recently, uh, and afterwards I went into the men's room, and the man looked at me at the urinal. He was at the urinal, and he looked at me, and then he started peeing away from me. And I was like, well, now I gotta see it. <laughs> I could have given two shits before, but it's obviously a treasure. You're hiding it away like that. Like, flip around, show me that Tetris piece. I gotta see. You gotta show me now. Truly wild. Truly wild stuff going on in there community. Um, I was with um, one of my straight pals recently and we saw finally those Helen Mirren bathing suit pictures. Um, and my friend was like, oh, like she looks so good for her age. And I was like, how dare you? You know, we don't... It's like fr frustrating because we only say for their age, like when we talk about people like Helen. You know, like we don't like... Who, who do straight guys talk about these days? Like Ashley Simpson? Okay, like Ashley Simpson. You know, like when guys are just in the locker room talking about Ashley Simpson. They're not like, oh, Ashley, she looks so good for her age. No, you know, it's just, it, I find it condescending, you know, um, because I am a feminist. Um, okay, wow. <laughs> Writing down everybody who took a little bit too long to clap. <laughs> for that. No, I, I do find that that is a problem um, because like, I don't, it, I'm a gay person and so people don't treat me like a hero when I tell them I'm a feminist. Um, <laughs> like people are very slow to lift me up and carry me out of rooms chanting my name. These people are like, oh, of course you're a feminist, you're gay. And it's like, that logic does not track for me at all because I am very supportive of women, equal rights, etc. But at the end of the day, I have no use for you. You know, like, <laughs> just... Uh, I love all the women in my life so dearly. I know that Rhea and Cameron are listening to this bit right now, just chuckling um, away. They love it that it's happening on their show. Um, but no, I love women, but like truly, like if I woke up tomorrow and you were all gone, like, oh wow, you know? Uh, <laughs> what can you do? Um, I'm not leading the search party, but... Um, <laughs> And, like, I don't want you guys to be confused. Like, I do not want anything terrible or bad to happen to women. Like, I don't want any harm to come to them. But if at, like, tomorrow I woke up and there was, like, a worldwide rapture and all the women were gone, it would just be more time for you and me, you know? Like, <laughs> and I'd get you in the end. I would. Um, here's the thing. Like, I hate... I hate, like, misogynistic, like, euphemisms for vaginas. I, I think they're so disrespectful. Like, I hate, like, muff and taco and, like, all those things. There is one that I really do love, and I know it's so wrong, but I love beef curtains. Um, <laughs> only because it suggests something theatrical about the vagina, you know? Like, curtain up, dinner and a show. Okay. <laughs> all right, you guys ready to get this show started? Oh, I am so excited about this first comic we have coming to the stage. She is show, so great. She runs a show called Luck of the Draw at Nerd Melt. Her name is Caitlin Durante. Please give it up for her. 
am pregnant. Lee pausing. That was a pregnant pause. Just, just there. Is that not a joke? Uh, all right. I thought my sentence had a pregnant pause, but then it got its period. Okay, I have 20 minutes on pregnant pause material. Strap in. Uh, no. You guys hate me already? It's fine. I will win you over by the end. Uh, I'm going to mostly tell jokes, but I'm going to uh, play like a little improv game. Uh, so I need a volunteer from the audience to come up here and be my boyfriend just for like a few years. Um, <laughs> Uh, I am single, like really <laughs> single, uh, and I haven't for a long time. And I think it's because I'm just I'm not cool. Like I'm, I know I look cool, and I have <laughs> very shiny hair. But I promise you, I'm not cool. <laughs> like my nickname in high school was the Grammar Queen, and my that's a fact that's just fact uh my porn star name like when you put the name of your first pet with the name of the street you grew up on is mangy beast route 322 (laughs) also i dressed up one time as han solo for a holiday that i invented called mexican star wars day which is when you celebrate may the fourth be with you and cinco de mayo at the same party I do love, uh, I love Star Wars. Uh, do you guys remember that part in Empire Strikes Back where uh, Han Solo is hitting on Princess Leia, but he is being a dick about it, so she kisses Luke Skywalker to make him jealous, and then Yoda comes along, and he's all like, oh, hey, Luke, made out with your twin sister, you did. <laughs> this movie is why I don't date white people. <laughs> I don't know who my secret Jedi twin brother is. <laughs> but I know who it is not. (laughs) Lando Calrissian, for example. So yeah, I'm not cool. Uh, My friends think the reason that I'm single is that I'm too picky. I don't think that's true at all. I like a lot of different types of secular Jews, but... um, (laughs) The one thing that all the guys that I am into have in common is that they are like, small and frail <laughs> like I like my guys like the third act of interstellar flimsy um, oh a bunch of interstellar heads in here you know? uh, and the reason for this is kind of crazy like I've never been a victim of domestic violence thank goodness but I'm so afraid it's something will happen to me that I only want to date guys I think I could beat the shit out of if I needed to <laughs> So there's that thing. Um, I I was briefly dating a guy, uh, but we turned out to not be very compatible because he'd be like, "Ugh, Caitlin, you're so lazy in bed. All you do is just lay there." And I was like, "That's a horrible thing to say. I do not just lay there. I just lie there." (laughs) (laughs) Illiterate. Neanderthal (laughs) the grammar queen strikes again Um, (laughs) 
I was also dating a British guy, and that uh, was weird because we speak the same language, but we have different ways of saying the same thing. So, for example, I'd be like, oh, shopping cart, and he'd say trolley. Or I would say garbage, and he'd say rubbish. Or I would say, I love you, and he would say, I told you we're not dating anymore. Please get out of my flat before I call the bobbies on you. (laughs) Did you know that's how they say I love you over there? (laughs) It's so weird. Um, I've been coming up with, like, different pickup lines, like, in case I meet a guy out uh, at a bar or a UCB or whatever. And uh, so, for example, I'll go to a guy and say, excuse me, sir, what's your last name? And he'll say... Pollen, that's crazy. That's my last name. In the future when we're married, what? (laughs) Or I'll be like, boy, are you my student loan debt? Because I have a lot of interest. I actually, I would never, I wouldn't actually change my name if I got married. I wouldn't change my last name. But I did, I did find a guy who uh, is willing to take on my last name uh, and my first name and my credit card information. He (laughs) stole my identity is what happened. Uh, I am also really bad at talking dirty because I say things like, oh yeah, I want you to bang me so hard that part of your soul dies you leave a horcrux inside of me (laughs) any Harry Potter fans out there Uh, or I'll say something like uh, oh yeah you're making me so soggy Hmm. no (sighs) is anyone here into astrology yeah a couple people see I I don't know. I just think that like believing the month you were born in somehow influences your personality is like <laughs> such a Capricorn thing to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, uh, I was fooling around when, I, you know, I fuck. You know, let's just get it out there. I, I fuck. <sighs> it's hard to believe. I don't. I, yeah. Uh, but I was fooling around uh, one time with a guy and he got very frustrated with me because I didn't have an orgasm. And I was like, dude, that's like getting mad at a steak for not cooking because you didn't turn on the grill. Am I right? (laughs) Ladies. (laughs) Yeah, I empower female sexuality by comparing women two pieces of meat. (laughs) It's okay. Guys, thank you so much. You've been wonderful. I'm Caitlin Durante. Caitlin Durante, everybody. Keep it going for her. Um, We're going to keep the show rolling right along with this next gentleman we met in Chicago when we were both living in Chicago doing comedy, and now he lives here. He's truly made it. Um... (laughs) He runs a show. He co-produces and hosts a show at the Hollywood Improv every Thursday called Comedians You Should Know, and you should know him, and you will now. His name is Aaron Weaver. Give it up for him, everybody. Oh, yeah. What up, y'all? Straight white guy. You ready? Here we go. All right. I didn't choose it. (laughs) Okay. I am a straight white guy. I do like Asians, though, man. Asians are great. Uh, although it's like uh, it's it's iffy sometimes. I went on a date with this Asian chick recently. Uh, found out she was Chinese. I was like, whoa, red flag, you know. 
You gotta be careful, dude. Be careful. <laughs> Damn. It is kind of tricky. I am shy. My friends will be like, oh, talk to that girl. She ain't gonna bite. It's like, dude, I'm not worried about her biting me. I'm worried about going up there and having nothing to say. Like, at least if she bit me, we could talk about that, you know? <laughs> Damn, dude, you bite someone, you know them. You skip over that small talk, you know? Like, dude, I can't do small talk, man. I, there's so many crazy things going on. Like, I was talking to this chick recently. She's like, oh, my God, I can't believe Kanye and Taylor. Oh, my God, what's up with Kim? This is so crazy. I was like, yeah, that's kind of weird. But you want to know what's really crazy? Uh, you got an entire skeleton inside of you. <laughs> right now, damn, dude. Can't even feel it. That's crazy. Oh, my God. Wow. But you're never going to meet a girl like that. You're never going to meet a girl at a bar. She's never going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm filled with blood. Oh. Oh. I got all these holes in my body, but the blood doesn't come out. Weird. Talk to that girl. Damn. Mm. Hard. There's a lot of technology out there now. It gets tricky. I miscommunicate a lot. Like, this girl texted me recently. She's like, hey, I get it at five. When will you be free? I was like, well, if I happen to pay off all my debt and then go beyond the need of money completely and then somehow accept every flaw in my body and my personality until the judgmental, self-doubting voice in my head disappears forever and I come to realize that our truest nature is not just a little blip in the universe that fades away into blackness, but rather some sort of indestructible cosmic love energy that can never die. It only changes shape and we're all part of one essence of this universe, then I'll text you. And, uh, I was like, shit, did I respond too quick? <laughs> oh, damn. Got to play that game. Mm. Damn. I gotta get a better job. I, uh, who here likes restaurants? <laughs> we got a couple people. Hi. <laughs> I, uh, I used to work in this restaurant. It was so bad, man. Like, one time this, this woman came up to me. She's like, I only eat stuff that's from the earth, okay? I only eat stuff that's from the earth. It's like, girl, who's eating shit that ain't from earth, you know? Like, where'd you get it? <laughs> like, it talks to you. Damn. Shitty jobs. Anyone here got a job they don't like? Anybody? One person, two people. All right, uh, everyone else is good. All right, let's talk to you. Uh, I feel like, man, there's so many bad jobs, and I feel like it should be policy. Like every job, you should be allowed to call in well, you know? Just be like, yeah, boss, uh, I just woke up today and I was feeling really good about myself, so I don't think I can come to this friggin' place today. <laughs> I got all these weird symptoms like a lightness in my heart. <laughs> Corners of my mouth keep pointing up. <laughs> Dude, I don't want to affect the rest of the crew, you know, damn. <laughs> you like, don't even worry, man. Take the day off, eat some shitty food, watch the news, check Facebook 45 times. Tomorrow you're going to wake up, forget you have a soul. We're going to get a lot of work done. <laughs> 
gonna be tight. Mm. That's right, girl, let it out. That's right, mm. don't keep it in. Uh, it is tricky, like people right now, they're worried about machines taking our jobs. You hear about this? People are like, yo, the machines are coming, they're gonna take our jobs, what are we gonna do? It's like, dude, let them. <laughs> you know? What are we doing, man? We got robots. We shouldn't be doing shit, man. We should be like pursuing each other, we should be pursuing our passion and giving each other massages and shit, you know? Damn. Thank you. Uh, swear to God, if I was running for president right now, I'd be like, yo, if you vote for me, I promise you I'm gonna get unemployment up to 95%. That's right. Machines are coming. Everybody chill out, all right? Crime's gonna go down. If you've been convicted of a felony, you get sentenced to a nine to five, okay? <laughs> oh, you've been found guilty on four counts of breaking and entering? I'm gonna sentence you to wake up at 6 a.m. every day, drive an hour through traffic to a place you don't care about, to email some people you don't know for a company you have no passion for. And good behavior's not gonna get you off early, but it might get you a gift card to Applebee's. <laughs> Would you say bullshit? That's contempt of court. That gets you four years in a smoothie shop. I'm talking like that. Damn. <laughs> Who is this? I like you. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I like how you let it out, man. I like, I like that. You know, as a straight guy, you know, it's hard sometimes. I, I like keep it in, you know? Like, I was going to text this girl recently a little picture of a smiley face with a heart next to it. I didn't push send. I was like, why not do that? And then I realized, like, men in our society, we're taught to suppress our emojis, you know? <laughs> That's messed up, man. You got to let them out, dude. You suppress your emojis, they build up, and then you turn into memes, and now you're on YouTube commenting. It's horrible. Send them out. Mm, damn. Uh... I feel like ironing boards are sort of like surfboards that got practical and gave up on their dreams. Yeah. <laughs> Real shit. <laughs> uh, I'll get out right now. Uh, I do smoke weed. <laughs> I, uh, I feel like... Uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I feel like it never would have started if I trusted the people telling me not to. You know, like, I don't know if you guys remember this commercial from back in the day with the egg. Remember that? Yeah. Dude's all like, this is your brain. I think it'd be funny if it just stopped right there. <laughs> Pretty dumb already. <laughs> what <are> you? <laughs> uh, they don't stop. They crack the egg. They put it in a frying pan. They're like, this is your brain on drugs. That's kind of a weird analogy, man, because that's like the best thing you can do with an egg. <laughs> is cook it and eat it, you know? It should start off like a paintbrush and been like, this is your brain. And then shot to the Sistine Chapel. This is your brain on drugs. That's what you want. All right, guys, I'm Aaron Weaver. Thank you so much. Give it up for Joel. Oh, keep it going for Aaron, everybody. What a cute, handsome, funny boy. So nice. He was talking about emojis and he um, and how like straight men aren't allowed to use emojis and he is 100% true uh, correct on that absolutely I have never received a winky face emoji from a straight friend and been like oh he's in love with me <laughs> very gay okay you guys did not like that riff um, 
And that's okay, you know? It's like a learning process. We're learning, growing together. Um, and I'm happy with that. Um, coming up next, we very bravely booked another straight white man. Um, pretty edgy. Uh, pretty edgy stuff. He's actually another friend from Chicago. He's visiting from out of town right now, but he will be moving here October 1st, if you guys really wanted to know. Um <laughs> He's very, very funny. You might have seen him on Comedy Central. Please give it up for Sean White. Oh, hey guys. My name's Sean White, and I don't, uh, I don't want to spook you. I don't want to spook you at all. But I'm a bit of an angry guy. Don't worry though. I've been doing it a long time. Bit of a professional at this point. I was put in anger management in third grade. That means at the age of nine, adults saw me and went, that dog will hunt, and put me in a special class. And it was because I was playing my favorite game I had made up called Tackle. And I, f- I feel you grasp most of the rules. Pretty much I just tackled people until the day came when I tried to tackle Shannon, and like most Shannons would not go down. And I end up getting thrown in anger management, which is ridiculous, because they don't even teach anything useful. You know what they teach you in anger management? teach you how to breathe just breathe buddy are you kidding you caught me yelling at people you think i don't know how to breathe that's the thing you want to teach somebody how to control their anger what you should teach them from a young age is how to smoke weed because you can't be angry or more accurately you can't understand when you're being attacked like even if somebody's blunt and just hey let's fight Let's fight. Let us fight. Let us fight. I don't even think I've been in a food fight. What are we talking about? No one's going to wait that long to set you straight. That's the thing. They, I think other people need anger management. Because I think people don't know how to deal with upset people. They'll see somebody who's angry and they'll say something stupid like, Calm down! <laughs> when does that ever work? That's what angry people love, being told what to do. <laughs> Good job, wizard. What's your next trick? You're going to tell a sad person to smile more? You dumb son of a bitch. It's not how feelings work. <laughs> you want to know how to calm somebody down? It's easy. Just ask them what happened. You don't have to listen. Just ask them. You ever tried to explain why you're mad, when you're mad? You sound like an idiot. Because <laughs> oh, he popped into me. And I said, watch it. But he kind of smiled like he didn't do anything worse. But I didn't like the way that he handled it. You know what? Fuck it. <laughs> I just can't help it. I come from an angry family. Anybody from an angry family understands? He says the same things as a normal family, just a lot louder. <laughs> Maybe a little different. Because, like, my dad didn't always say I love you the same way every time. He'd mix it up, stay fresh. I remember one time we were having classic family time at an IHOP, and I was laughing at a mistake he had made. And he reached over, and he grabbed my hands, and he pulled me close, and he said, Son, if any other man other than my own son had laughed at me the way you just did, I'd have killed him where he stood. Now, I know what he meant was I love you. It just comes out differently sometimes. My family's been kicked out of a gas station before. 
for yelling too much. Do you understand the level you need to take an argument before a gas station looks at three generations of your family and says you're lower in the level of class of this establishment? That's the thing. We all act like we're all supposed to love and hug each other and stuff. Bull. I'm sorry. Anger is the most motivational force on this planet. You will never get more stuff done than when you're pissed off. I've never applied for a job happy. <laughs> you want to find somebody who's organized? You want to find somebody with a plan? Look for somebody angrily muttering in a corner. <laughs> saying, I'll show them. That motherfucker's got a plan whether you like it or not. He's getting stuff done. You can't tell me rockets were invented out of kindness. That was literally somebody going, oh, you don't think I can kill you from here? I'm going to throw this shit so hard. The planet's going to spin, and then it's going to fall in your face. Who's the nerd now? That's the only reason why I went to the moon, is to piss off Russia. We left the planet because of somebody still on the planet, the finger. That's the only reason. They couldn't even see it. We still did it. That's why we'll never go back. There's no one to kill. There was one space terrorist. We'd be up there in a week. Somebody even knocked over our flag. We'd be there the next day just... <laughs> we wanted to go to the moon so bad, we forgave all the Nazi scientists. All of them, just get on in here, you little scamps. And move them to my hometown of Huntsville, Alabama. And you have no idea how frustrating it is being from a town where you can't tell the difference between a racist a scientist and a racist scientist. That's bullshit. <laughs> like, hey, where are these Nazis gonna fit in? Alabama? And they were right! <laughs> We even named our main civic center after the main dude and called it the Werner Von Braun Civic Center. Can you imagine forgiving that guy? He was in the SS. Not just a normal Nazi, a super, super Nazi. And they <laughs> let him in and named a building out. I know. Can you imagine forgiving him and just be like, hey, man, I heard you made rockets. Is that true? Oh, yeah. Solid. I like that. Now, one more little thing. Heard you also made candles out of Jews. Is that also true? Oh, yeah. Fuck. But those rockets, though, right? And we even had an NBA expansion team in the 1970s in the Werner Von Braun Civic Center called the Huntsville Rockets. Because the Huntsville Jew candles didn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> Ironically enough, one of the few NBA franchises to not take off proved to be a bit of a challenger. <laughs> but we make weird stuff when we want to kill people. You guys like microwaves? Who doesn't? You know what a microwave was invented as? Japanese death ray. Killed them, took it, and make lean cuisine with it. Do you understand how this stuff works? This is my favorite weapon of all time. This is a real thing uh, that was made in World War II, and I absolutely love it. Uh, it's, a real, it's called the bat bomb. And it's a bomb falls from a plane, pretty standard at this point. Then, in midair, a bunch of trays shoot out of the bottom, and a bunch of hibernating bats wake up, but with being thrown out of a plane recently, I assume. And then, they all fly off and look for places to hide, but they had pieces of napalm stuck to their ankles set to a timer, and they were very good at flying underneath roofs, exploding, and starting structure fires. Now, a few questions. Number one, what the fuck? 
Number two, that means there's a guy who thought of all of that from top to bottom. Was just sitting there, just, ah! If I could only find a way to combine my hate for America's enemies and get rid of all these goddamn bats in my house, boy, I tell you. Living a belfry, they said. And he knew a general. And I don't know what we pay four-star generals, but there's no reason he should be going to the same TGI Fridays as a crazy bat motherfucker. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was like, no, 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 but hear me out. And he told them the whole thing, and they tested it, and it worked. It worked amazingly well. And then a week later, the atom bomb was invented. And they went, oh, shit. In retrospect, bats seem pretty fucking stupid. And no one ever uses them. Guys, thank you very much. My name's Sean White. You have a great night. Oh, Sean White, so great. <sighs> the last straight white man you'll have to see tonight. Um, no more, no less. I'm so sorry, you two. I know that's what you came here for. Thought you'd get your rocks off. But that's it. We're cutting you off. No more. Um, I'm, I will let you make your own guesses about the rest of the people on the show uh, now that you know they aren't fully straight, white, or male. Um, so let's begin the guessing game with this next guy. He's a very good friend of mine. You can see him weekly at UCB Sunset uh, at his show Church. Please give it up for Brent Sullivan. <laughs> Oh, my God. Keep it going for Brent Sullivan, everybody. Oh, we're almost there. We're almost to the end, and I'm very sad about it, but I'm very excited for this next comic coming to the stage. She's a very good friend of mine. You guys, she made it. She's still working for Saturday Night Live. I know. It's crazy. And even better, she'll be here next week. Wait. Saturday. She'll be here Saturday at 10 p.m. with her good friend Nicole Byer doing some improv, so check her out then. Please give it up for Sashir Zameda! Hello, hello! Oh, thanks. I um, was hanging out with my mom recently, and she told me about these acting classes she's taking. Which is great because she's always been very dramatic and now she's like focusing it <laughs> on something other than me. And I'm also an actress so it's nice to be able to talk to her about something and I'm so proud of her and she, I've never seen her so excited about a new thing before. But there was a tiny part of me that was like, that bitch better not take my parts. <laughs> <laughs> and it sucks. I don't want to think that but like, there are only so many roles for black women in this industry. And I'm sure some of you are like, okay, but you're not going to go out for the same part. She's older than you. But casting directors don't know how old black women are. <laughs> they just can't tell. <laughs> and there's proof of this because Gabrielle Union has been a teenager well into her 40s. They cannot tell. They also, people also like can't tell us apart. Like I was talking to somebody who works at SNL. I've been with this person for years. And he was like, didn't you work at The Daily Show before you got here? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> he was thinking of Jessica Williams, who was a Daily Show correspondent. My friend and not me. 
and I was trying to help him out. I was like, oh, maybe you saw an Apple commercial. I was in an Apple commercial. Maybe it aired during a broadcast of The Daily Show. <laughs> and you just got confused. Which would have made him an idiot if that was the case. <laughs> but for some reason, I was like really trying to help him out. And he was like, no, I don't think that's it. And walked away, not realizing his mistake. And then I got mad at myself. And I was like, why am I doing that? Why am I like hemming and hawing, trying to like make the situation less awkward for a thing that he made awkward? It's not my fault that he can't tell the difference between black women. That's on him. So now I'm done. I'm done doing that. I'm done trying to like take ownership of someone else's awkward experience that they create around me. I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> I did a show recently and this white man came up to me afterwards and he was like, you know, you did something that I thought was so funny on SNL. You guys did a sketch about how there were no black female cast members and you kept running back back and forth in and out of the sketch playing like Michelle Obama and Oprah and it was like really funny because there like wasn't enough of you to go around and I was like, oh, that wasn't me. That was Carrie Washington. <laughs> from when she hosted the show. And you could probably tell that I wasn't there because the sketch was about how there were no black women in the cast. <laughs> and then he got really uncomfortable. He's like, oh man, oh God, this is so awkward. Oh God, I'm so sorry, never do this. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And I just walked away. I was like, I'm gonna let you live in this all by yourself. <laughs> I will not be a part of this. And then I'm sitting at the bar by myself and he comes over and he slips a $20 bill in front of me. And he goes, your drinks are on me. And I was like, is this hush money? What are you doing? You can't just throw money at a situation to make it go away like that. I did take that money. I'm gonna add that to my reparations bill. <laughs> but he didn't have a bad idea. I should start charging people $20 every time they mistake me for another black actress. <laughs> and then with that money, combined with the money that I actually make from work, I might start making as much as a white actor. <laughs> you didn't know? <laughs> That's how it works. If you're really that sad, write a letter. <laughs> Help us out. I've been thinking about body hair because I've been shaving my legs, my arms, and everything else since I was a teenager. And it wasn't until recently when I was like, why am I doing that? It's not like I'm like going into surgery every month. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> why? And I started to do some research on like when women started shaving their body hair in America. And it started in the early 1900s because razor companies weren't making enough money just selling razors to men to shave their beards. So they started selling to women to get more money. And this is not a thing that women naturally did before. They never thought like this is a gross thing. So they had to like make up reasons why women should start shaving their body hair. So they would put out all these ads of like, of, like you'll never get married if you have hair. Or like it'd be like an image of like a woman sitting by herself in a restaurant with like hair coming out of her pits. 
and like two other classy women who are hairless over by the, by the bar. Like, what's wrong with her? Oh, you didn't hear? She doesn't know how to shave. <laughs> and then they clink glasses and run home to clean their house before their husbands get home. And it worked. They brainwashed us to think that we were disgusting for having a natural thing. And advertising is very powerful. I just heard that Sprite is specifically advertised to black people. I didn't know that before, but it makes sense now that I look at it. Like, all the ads are like hip hop people, and like, there's like hip hop underneath the commercials. And every time I see a lemon and lime, I want to play basketball. So, <laughs> so it makes sense. <laughs> But it's interesting. I was also, like, while I was researching, uh, I was also very high, so I was like, gotta find out. (laughs) 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 I gotta get to the bottom of this. (laughs) I saw that uh, Native Americans would keep their hair long, particularly to help them with hunting and fighting, because you could feel more of your surroundings. They kind of used it as, like, an antenna, and they were just, like, more aware of what was going on. So if something was coming towards them to attack them, they would be ready. So... If that's the case, women, of all people, should have all the hair. Because <laughs> we're always at risk of being attacked every time we step out of the house. Just like scalp to toes, we should always have hair. I want to be like Chewbacca-level hairy. So that if someone's running up on me from like 50 feet away, their body will create wind and I'll like feel a tickle and know I gotta run. <laughs> I never want to see, like, a strange penis on the street again, so I'm going to, like, turn into a straight-up Furby. (laughs) I'm pro-hair now. (laughs) Have you guys heard of this nail polish that detects date rape drugs? One person has. I don't know if it's for sale. You have it? Do you have it? No, I've heard of it. Oh, you heard of it. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if it's for sale, but these college students made this nail polish. Um, The idea is that you paint your nails at home, in advance, uh, in anticipation of maybe (laughs) something bad happening. (laughs) And then you go out, and if you get a drink, and you feel like something may have been done to your drink, like if someone may have tainted your drink, you put your finger in the drink, and if the nail color changes to a different color, then you know someone in that bar thinks you're pretty. I like doing that joke because it's like you expect one thing and then another thing happens and it's like I roofied you. (laughs) 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 I'm uh, I'm in a relationship now, which is great for a lot of reasons. Um, But I also like being in a relationship because I was so bad at the chase. I was like so bad at talking to guys. I would do this thing where I'd like meet a guy in a bar and basically have an emotional one-night stand where instead of just, like, getting drunk and opening up my legs to a stranger, I'd get drunk and open up my mouth and my heart and my soul and divulge way too much information about myself. It would be just, like, a lot of, like, my dad. When I was nine. My therapist said I should do this, but I never do. It's, like, way too much information. And by the end of the night, I'm just so, like, emotionally drained, but it feels good. I'm just like, oh, yes. 
that was so good. I don't know if we're going to be a thing, but like, I have a feeling we're going to have a very strong connection for life. That's what I would feel. And the guys would never call to hang out a second time. But I shouldn't be surprised, because it's like my mom always said, why would a man want to buy a cow when he already knows how emotionally damaged that cow is? (laughs) All right, thank you guys. Bye-bye. So she's Zameda. Keep it going for her. She works too hard for you not to clap for her. All right, you guys. We made it to the end. Together, we've come to the end of the road. We are at our final comic of the night. I'm very excited about this one. You know, he writes for the Mindy Project. He has a podcast called Pop Rocket on Max Fun, but that doesn't matter. He asked me to speak from the heart about him. Um, He is a monster. Um, He has been so cruel to me in the past. Um, I'm just kidding. Actually, he is sort of the godfather of all gay comedians. Uh, We call him for advice. I call him frequently for advice all the time. And he's so sweet and he's so kind and he would never want anyone to know that about him. But please keep it going for Guy Branham. Here's what's distasteful about Sashir being so beautiful. (laughs) She strolls on out here in motherfucking culottes. In culottes, like your grandma on a warm April day. (laughs) And she makes them look astounding. The people who are listening to this on a podcast, they don't understand, so I'm painting a word picture for them. She, like, that's the, the horrible like arrogance of beautiful people is that they can wear dumpy people clothes and make them look amazing. I understand my place in this world. I am a gigantic man with gigantic legs wearing cargo shorts. Like I like I am wearing what is the factory uniform for gay bears and lesbians of a similar size. You know what you are getting. (laughs) Sir, what is your name? Blake. Blake, take my hand. (laughs) Hi, Blake. Blake, you think you're going to be sweatier than me? You brought a 160-pound frame to a this fight, okay? I'm always going to be sweatier than you. There is no situation where your body is producing more humidity than mine. Look at my surface area. Blake, uh, am I safe in assuming that you are a heterosexual? Okay. So this could go somewhere. I could eventually learn just how sweaty you can get, Blake. Let's push those boundaries. Let's get some things wet. I was going to use that as a fun segue to explain to people what bears are. It's a fun way of me getting out a nice, fun one-liner to prove to you guys that I'm a comedian you should pay attention to. That's how we do it in the business. I'll do that joke. 
for those of you who are heterosexuals in the audience and don't know what a bear is, uh, it means uh, it, it's a different kind of gay guy. It means that I am bigger than most gay guys, I am hairier than most gay guys, and I enjoy mauling hikers in national parks. <laughs> and I love picnic baskets. <laughs> Wasn't that fun? Um, Blake, right? Blake, I am a little bit surprised to see you defining yourself as someone other than a heterosexual man because you have to understand, I came up here understanding that none of you are people who should be listening to my set right now. None of you are. are who are the gay guys in the audience? Don't raise your hand, clap. It all has to be about you, doesn't it? Where are my heterosexual women in the audience? Why the fuck aren't you at home watching gymnastics? <laughs> Five tiny little extremely muscular women are bouncing all around Rio de Janeiro, <laughs> destined for greatness as our push notifications told us earlier today. And you decided to come here instead? Preposterous. Also, why are you writing in your notebook for all of this? What's going on? Shh, I have a limited amount of time. Just be direct. Don't try to be adorable, okay? The gay guy already did that. <laughs> were you taking notes because you want to steal material from us? Are you reviewing us for a blog, or were you doodling because you were bored by us? <laughs> what? Live sketch. Live sketch? Oh, you were drawing the people up here. You don't have the rights to my likeness. <laughs> I own this, okay? This is my property. This is my business. You're going to need to talk to me before you make any action figures. <laughs> okay, I would like to talk to you guys about the Olympic Games. Because they're wonderful, they're beautiful, but they a little bit make me sad. Because the thing is that little gay boys today, if they want to look at hot naked people, they can just go on the internet and tip tap away, and next thing you know, they can have men of any race or ethnic background or cock shape and size for them to look at. But in my day, we had nothing except for the two magical weeks that the hottest people in the world went to one city and got mostly naked together. <laughs> it was magnificent. And I feel that we, gay people, I mean, are, are losing this art form because people my age, gay men my age, we learned to use every part of the pornographic buffalo. Um, underwear ads in a Sears catalog. Even just a particularly muscly contestant on The Price is Right. We understood, go get a VHS tape, keep that, don't let your mother find it. That will be important to val and valuable to you. But you, 20 something, and possibly Blake, oh, no. You just have to Google something. Um, no, I don't wanna tell that joke. Also, it's all being generous, calling it a joke. Oh, okay. Um, so, we are all presumably Democrats here. <laughs> Who is Bernie or Bust? Thank God. Um, 
Look, I, I really respect Bernie people, but first of all, let me be clear. I am Jewish. No one ever thinks that I am Jewish because I do not look physically weak. Um, <laughs> but... I was so surprised by Bernie Sanders because I always thought if we, like, if somebody Jewish got that close to being president, they would be one of those, like, nice stealth Jews. One of those, like, Eric Cantory guys who just looks like a regular frat boy but has more consonants in his last name. Um, but Bernie Sanders was not that. Bernie Sanders was everything that everyone hates about the Jews. <laughs> Every word that that man said a little bit sounded like he was sending back soup. <laughs> he was just never not arguing. And a little bit, you know, he smelled like medicine. Um, we are, of course, all horrified by the prospect of Donald Trump becoming our president. It is really scary to think about somebody with, with like that little respect for how American democracy works to, um, to become president. Like, what, what could happen? Like, what civil rights would he take away from people? Like, he would try to deport 11 million people from this country. It is all horrifying. However, <laughs> if Donald Trump is elected president... The likelihood that someone wins an Academy Award for playing me skyrockets. <laughs> a, a liberal, outspoken homosexual, who knows what kind of camp he would put me into. And then they would get to play me all the way from fat down to skinny. That's a profound amount of work. <laughs> That's not really a joke yet. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why don't I tell something that is kind of really a joke? Beardman, what's your name? Tom? Pretty name for a pretty face. Also, succinct, direct. I like it. Tom, am I safe in assuming that you are a heterosexual or is everyone a bisexual now? If so, take off your clothes. <laughs> You're going to have to project. I realize that an essential part of heterosexual masculinity is not performing. I don't have to come and play your game. You all live in my game. <laughs> Fuck you, Tom. <laughs> the world has changed. You, where do you live, Tom? Uh, a couple blocks away. In Los Angeles, motherfucking California, okay? Showbiz City. Want to know what we do here, Tom? We project from our diaphragms. We square towards the camera. We understand that people are watching and we have to entertain them. And if we don't entertain them, Tom, this is a real, real possibility, okay? They will take away our livelihoods. There are people a-singing and a-dancing in Mumbai who would love to take our entertainment industry, Tom. And if you won't entertain, they will. So, Tom, am I safe in assuming that as a heterosexual man, you have received a handjob from a woman? Yes. For those of you listening on the podcast, Tom capably projected from his diaphragm. We're all very proud. 
Tom, nothing horrifies me more than the prospect of receiving a handjob from a woman. <laughs> and look, I love and respect women. The, uh, the main reason I don't have sex with women is because I have much better things to do with a woman when a woman is around. Like, when a man is around, it's like, we have nothing to talk about. Take off your pants. But when a woman is around, it's like, I want to learn about you, and I want you to learn about me, and I want us to talk shit about our sisters. Um, that said, I never want to receive a handjob from you people. Because I just imagine it would be so tentative and like fingernails and like a degree of like wanting me to be like constantly proud of you that you're doing, putting any effort into sex in any way. Uh, and just a fundamental misunderstanding of how the equipment works. Tom, if you would like to receive one truly great hand job in your life, you need to go to a moderately unattractive gay man in his mid-40s who is a little bit sad on the inside. Because, oh, the craftsmanship. The intimate understanding of the equipment. Uh, and just, just so happy to be in the game. Um, and Tom, I need you to understand that when I wrote that joke, I was in my mid-twenties, and it was an observation, and now it is nearly an advertisement. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, as I go, I just want to say, that joke about how moderately unattractive gay men in their mid-forties who are a little bit sad on the inside give the best hand jobs is my best way of explaining why I am voting for Hillary Clinton. <laughs> because she's not new. She's not hopeful. She's not inspiring. She's not magical. She's not an adorable little 22-year-old gay boy with a pretty face. She's a faggot who will come to your home and get the job done. <laughs> Thank you very much and good evening. I'm Guy Brannon. Oh my gosh, Guy Branham, everybody. <laughs> Truly conjuring some very upsetting pictures of the election in my brain. Um, well, you guys, we did it. Did you have fun? <laughs> Let me in if you had fun. I need it louder. Okay. Okay. That's good. I like that. All right. I'm Joel Kim Booster. This has been Put Your Hands Together. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together.
This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, Jazos. <laughs> Ruler of the Eighth Circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.